2019 North Atlantic Blues Festival at Harbor Park in Rockland, Maine, July 13th and 14th, featuring live blues performances from Ruthie Foster, Sugar Ray Rayford, Rick Estrin and the Nightcats, The Proven Ones, as well as Carolyn Wonderland and more. Tickets and information at NorthAtlanticBluesFestival.com. The time's 10 o'clock and you are listening to WERU-FM. You're listening now on WERU.org. We hopefully will have our broadcast signal back up and running at some point this morning. Keep your uh, fingers crossed about that and watch our Facebook page and our website for more information. But we've got Boat Talk with Alan Sprague and Mike Joyce coming up next. If you are thinking boat talk is uh, gone amiss, we're, uh, nope, there is a plan to that. That in the background there uh, singing in boat talk is Dave Rowe. Dave Rowe, son of Tom Rowe. Tom Rowe is one of the members of Schooner Fair, who uh, is our usual theme song for boat talk. But this time, Dave Rowe is uh, singing us in because we're going to be talking with Dave in uh, a little bit. Um, and we'll have plenty to talk with him about that because he's uh, on an adventure with his Bayliner. But welcome to Boat Talk, a call-in show for people contemplating things naval with your rusty anchors, Mike Joyce and Alan Sprague. I'll give you the number right now if you'd like to join into the conversation. It's uh, all all digital today, so you can still call into the phone at... um, 1-800-643-6277. 1-800-643-6273. Or, being digital, you can uh, email us right during the show. Just go to uh, boattalk at gmail.com. Boattalk, that's uh, one word, two T's. And we have uh, some uh, interesting local news to start off with. Yeah, we'll get uh, Dave Rowe on his boat stink pot <laughs> on the phone in a little bit, but we got to talk about the weather first. Anybody noticed any weather lately? Uh, man, didn't it rain and thunder? What was it, Saturday night? Where you were, where I was, it was um, pretty much mostly distant. Different part of the, down on the island? Yeah, on the island, Okay, yeah. in Ellsworth, we were right on the center of it, and at least a house got burned down in uh, Ellsworth Ooh. and Lemoyne by lightning, and... Uh, WERU stopped being on the air. Yeah, yeah. Last year, our transmitter got hit by lightning, uh, fried, as we like to uh, technically say, and uh, wasn't good at all, as well as very expensive. This year, the damage is something different. I'm told that it was not us, but a transformer on the mountain. Uh, yeah. uh, we're hoping for the radio back um, tomorrow afternoon, I thought all they the, yeah, possibly promised. We'll get parts yeah, for our uh, generator. As soon the, as. Yeah. Um, Anytime, possibly, but uh, uh, hopefully by tomorrow. 
So one interesting thing about that weather, though, of being a, a interested in the weather, too, was you may have noticed uh, online that the thunderstorm came through in a, a very long line of uh, thunderstorm activity that was sort of parallel to the coast and moving from inland out to offshore. But the, the long line, um, at least where I was, uh, precipitated some uh, what I call rolling thunder where you'd hear it go from cloud to cloud beginning in the east and then rolling down overhead and then diminishing down to the west, lasting for like 30 seconds worth of thunder. And again, 20 miles south of me in uh, MDI, uh, but in Ellsworth it was simultaneous lightning thunder and rain just as as fast as it come out of the sky. Oh, yeah, it's always scary when you get a flash boom at the same time. And that heavy, heavy rain. uh, They just had that in Washington, D.C. yesterday or the day before and uh, flooded Washington, all kinds of uh, nice people standing on their cars in the middle of the road with cell phones going, huh? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the White House basement is flooded. They say they got a month's worth of rain in an hour. Ooh. Okay, and the story we try to advance all the time on the global warming uh, front here, climate change, is that um, with more heat in the system, there is more energy. Uh, with more heat, the air is able to hold more more water, become more saturated from water, and when it reaches its uh, saturation point, it all falls out at once. It has nowhere to go. They're talking about five to ten inches of rain coming up the Gulf of uh, Mexico uh, between uh, New Orleans and and, uh, Mobile, Alabama tomorrow, I think. Mm. Five to ten inches of snow is a problem when it comes down in a day or two. You've got to clear it away. And five to ten inches of rain is how much snow? I forget what the uh, conversion thing was, you know. Feet and feet and feet, and again, uh, you've got to clear it away. When the ground is saturated, it comes so fast, it's got nowhere to go. Places flood that never do before, and here is the uh, whole thing over, oh, well, if the tide's going to rise, uh, you know, a uh, couple inches in 100 years, i, I got plenty of time to pull my feet back. <laughs> you know, if it's going to be two and a half degrees warmer, well, that might be pleasant some days, you know, and that's not how it goes down day no. to day goes down and fits and starts, and you'll be dead from a storm or a lightning strike long before you can pull your toes back. Yeah, faster it goes, the worse it's going to get. And again, look around for the evidence, uh, the wild weather leading the uh, news every day. From the Bangor Daily News last week, uh, Gwyn Dyer's editorial, the uh, monsoons in India are late by a couple weeks this year, and the temperatures are off the charts in India. Well, you know, uh, it did. The monsoons did come a couple weeks late, but they say that may impact the agricultural output in India, which is kind of important for feeding all them people, by 10-plus percent, you know, and things may not be getting better. So, uh, again, that's the uh, thing. Uh, zoom out today. Want to zoom in? How about the Bangor Daily News from uh, Thursday, June 27th, the uh, week before last, how climate change helped to force a beloved main brew pub to close, and we were talking of uh, Marshall's Wharf Three Tide uh, Brewery in Belfast, Maine, and uh, this also comes with testimony from uh, our friends Brooke Minner of uh, A Good Read. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I think next Friday on, on uh, in the same spot. We'll have to look that yeah, up. Yeah, we'll have to look that up. Confirmed, but when, just when also, uh, Dr. Four gave the Three Tides Marshall uh, Wharf people a uh, good shout out he's the of course the uh, highway 60 
uh, one fellow on Friday after, uh, Friday mornings, 9 o'clock. But story is here that when these people uh, bought this uh, 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 building on a wharf uh, back turn of the century, one of the first things they did was raised it up eight feet to get it above the floodplain. And ever since then... Bookworm is on Thursday. Thursday. This coming Thursday yep. by our friend Brooke Minner. The uh, Marshall Wharf people, uh, you know, uh, first thing they did back turn of the century was raise the building eight feet. And ever since then, they've been raising their operations steadily. They have had a couple of floods, including uh, uh, the worst one back in 2009, uh, which did some damage, but nothing like what happened in January and March this year, which basically wiped them out. Yeah. And uh, they have flood insurance. It's expensive. It's also maxed out and under... Um, uh, what would you call it, arbitration at the present time. Um, you know, and uh, things are kind of tough when the water is coming, and uh, it just ain't going to stop. They lost not only uh, the beer they had brewed, the stainless steel tanks that they brew it in. Uh, they had water in their freezers, uh, you know, uh, lost oysters and hops and grains. And, uh, I mean, so the uh, long and short of it is the future for these people is they're appealing some insurance uh, claim decisions while the lenders have been great. David Carlson says it's a waiting game. In the meantime, the Carlsons keep busy cleaning out the brewery building and trying to figure out what's next. The place is for sale, you know. And uh, so, uh, again, you got got 100 years to uh, go back a couple inches, except for you really don't. So it's here now. And, uh, you know, ignore it at your peril. Right, yeah, it's... Uh it's all coming. Well, and as uh, we pointed out, too, as uh, an Indian writer named Amitav Ghosh. Uh, think of the book in a minute when I try not to think of it. But uh, So the idea is what happens given this scenario with all this denial going on uh, when the truth finally is overwhelmingly apparent. What, what's the paradigm then? And he <laughs> calls it the armed lifeboat paradigm. Oh, right, you've talked uh, about this. Yes, the people who have been uh, uh, denying reality will become very ugly uh, with everybody and uh, try to retreat into armed lifeboats, repel all borders, and blame everybody else. Yeah. And it uh, won't be pretty at all. So, you know. They'll be trying to take the high ground, as you say. There you go. <clears throat> We've got another uh, uh, news item here. just cannot be ignored uh, whatsoever either. Uh, from the Bangor Daily News as well. Baby lobster numbers in Northeast spell trouble for shellfish population. And of course, uh, was last July, a year ago, right now, we had uh, Chris White uh, on the program. He right. uh, wrote the new book, The Last Lobster. Something of, uh, well, I think the absolute best account of the main lobster fishery I've ever, uh, he Bunked in, uh, hung out, and made friends with a bunch of fishermen down in Stonington, unlikely enough. And uh, they liked him enough to, uh, <laughs> you know, let him know what was going on. And he did a good job writing her up. It's called The Last Lobster, Chris White. Uh, yeah, he's just put into print what everybody has been saying for the last few years, that the, the lobsters are headed north. Yeah, and the thesis is that uh, 43 miles a decade or four, three point miles every year, they're going north and east towards Canada. So, from the Bangor Daily News, uh, it says here, and this is, uh, this is actually wonderful because there's this guy, Rick Wall, University of Maine scientist Rick Wall, has documented trends in baby lobster density for years. He's been working at this uh, for uh, right, yeah, long enough to have good 
uh, solid uh, data. Good background data. Yeah, yeah. good background That's data. That's the way they're being able to try to predict what the uh, lobster futures are going to be. Yeah, so this ain't just a, uh, you know, we're all, all looking around all of a sudden and uh, not finding them. His recently released data for uh, 2018 reinforces recent trends about lobsters that show upticks of sites off of Atlantic Canada, such as Nova Scotia. Meantime, in the Gulf of Maine, reported below average numbers from Bar Harbor to Cape Cod. And uh, he tracks 23 sites from Rhode Island to Prince Edward Island. This year's data shows high totals in Canadian locations like St. Mary's Bay, Nova Scotia, Southern Gulf of St. Lawrence, but low numbers in Maine fishing areas such as Midcoast and Casco Bay. It's as if this wave that is crested in Maine is now increasing in Atlantic Canada. Wall said, and surveys have also shown, uh, on the other hand, there are large numbers of uh, not quite yet legal lobsters that are lurking in deep water that uh, haven't grown up and been caught yet. <laughs> on the other hand, if we catch them right away, uh, who's going to make the babies? Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. And the point being, they can't find the baby lobsters. Uh, at the same time, lobstermen are facing uh, new challenges right now, including a bait crisis. You know, uh, no. Uh, I don't know if you can call it a crisis or not. There are a lot of fishermen, traditional fishermen, who are upset about not being able to get alewives, their traditional herring and alewives. Herring, yes. yep. Um, but the uh, artificial bait business seems to Cow be. Cow hide, pig uptick. hide, cat yeah. food. Um, yeah. You know, don't say, I'm just saying. And the other thing that's going on right now is uh, new. Protections designed to uh, help the uh, endangered right whales, of whom there's about 400 now. And as uh, our new uh, Congressman Jared Golden said uh, recently, the uh, federal government is asking Maine lobstermen, whose industry is critical to the state and in a critical st uh, coming to a critical state, to make, quote, huge sacrifices without clear evidence that those sacrifices will have any positive impact on those whales. Uh, you know. And again, times is changing, and uh, uh, we'd all like to do the best thing all the time for everybody, but again, uh, it's a little, little trickier nowadays. Yeah, there's a lot of strong opinions on both sides. I saw a car where they uh, killed the whales uh, painting on their back window, obviously a one-sided view. I prefer a, a sticker that you came up with, Make Earth Flat Again. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, that solves quite a bit right there, you <laughs> yeah. know? Uh, a lot of complications, just fake, yeah. right, if Earth is flat again. So, wonderful idea. Make Earth flat again. <laughs> yeah, we are doing boat talk this morning. The uh, uh, transmitter is off the air, but we are broadcasting at weru.org. And, of course, we'll be podcast there. Love to hear from you this morning. If we get a chance, we're going to get Dave Rowe on the phone here in just a second. Uh, I think Amy is working on it right now. But um, you can also email, too, since we're uh, online. Is uh, Our email address is boattalk at gmail.com. But I believe we have Dave here now. Good morning, Dave. Good morning. Oop, there you go. All right, Dave, you th are you there with us? I'm with you. Okay. Well, miracle, man. Well, <laughs> welcome to Boat Talk. Yeah. Communication being quite important, uh, ship to shore, let alone, you know, through the universe. 
So we're going to be talking with Dave Rowe. He and his wife are on a, a big adventure taking a, a bay liner from, um, I guess they started originally in New Jersey. We're going to go up around the uh, loop through New York State, and they are already in the Great Lakes area headed towards Chicago. Um, we're going to be talking to them hopefully every month, but whenever we can make the connection during Boat Talk, we're going to be following Dave on this great adventure around the, the what's called the, the Great Loop. We're on Boat Talk, we're going to call this uh, around Row Around the Loop. Oh, good Lord, Dave. He's the irrepressibly punny one. Uh, we got this out of the Bangor Daily News once again. Maine musician embarks on 6,000-mile boat tour. Dave and Stacy uh, standing on the stern of a boat called Stink Pot out of Portland, Maine, smiling for the camera. And uh, where do we find you this morning, Dave? Oh, We are at Lock 6 uh, on the Trent Severn Waterway. We're in uh, Canada. We're in Canada. Uh, I think it's Frankford, Frankford, Ontario. Yeah. Uh, lake which? Which uh, which Great Lake? Well, we just left Lake Ontario. Uh, we're we're on now the Trent Severn Waterway, which is basically a river. Yes, and and of course, uh, uh, we'll back up in a minute. You uh, obviously uh, went across Lake Erie and uh, come up the Erie Canal. Um, Dave, we got a great connection with you through our friend Schooner Fair, who provide the theme music uh, normally for Boat Talk, Eyes the Buy, who builds a boat, and Eyes the Buy sails her, you know, Eyes the Buy catches the fish. And, uh, great Newfoundland song. Yes, oh, absolutely love it. Um, so anyway, and uh, old friends of them, and uh, recognized right away uh, uh, your dad, Tom Rowe, who unfortunately has passed now, was found in member of... of uh, Schooner Fair, and, and uh, even uh, before that, Devon Square. Uh, like, say, uh, your dad was uh, a pretty well-known, well-loved uh, musician. The question we ask people on, on Boat Talk is generally what happened to you when you was young, messed you up about boats, but obviously you didn't have a chance not to grow up to be a musician, hardly did you, son? I, I had no choice but to be a musician. Uh, <laughs> boating was, was more optional for me, but... Uh, <laughs> I, some, somehow I found my way into that as well. Yeah. When did you start? Oh, as a child. My grandfather had a 1959 uh, Chris Craft Constellation on Tobago Lake when I was a kid. And uh, he put me at the helm of that thing when I was about five years old, and I didn't leave it. <laughs> That's what happened to me. A Chris Craft on Sebago Lake with a cigar chewing fella and a, a poodle who ate the cigar, cigar butts afterwards. Oh, out of, God. <laughs> And again, uh, you know, uh, crazy to get invited on the boat and uh, horrible when you weren't and somebody else was, you know. Um, now, your dad uh, and you got to play for years now, didn't you? Tell us about that. Yeah, uh, in the early 90s, we started playing together. Uh, we formed a duo called Row by Row. And from there, we added Denny Bro and, and turned it into a trio called Turkey Hollow and had a ball. Uh, for several years until until he passed in 2004. Mm. Uh, Danny Bro, fairly uh, well-known uh, main musician too. You guys obviously have some catalog behind you. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. We, we still get together quite a bit when <laughs> when we're in the same state. Again, hard to uh, get away from your boat friends, let alone your music music friends. In, in my experience, that's right. 
So, Dave, um, for the people who uh, may be wondering what the Great Loop is, why don't you give them a, a little brief description? Well, the Great Loop is uh, a collection of interconnected waterways that take you uh, around the eastern states of the United States and through part of Canada. Uh, by the time I'm done, I will have gone through 17 states, as a matter of fact. Uh, and basically, we... If you want to start it, let's let's start it at New York City because you know that's where we go inland. Uh, go up the Hudson River, uh, cut across the Erie Canal, and then you have a choice to make. You can either go up uh, through Lake Champlain through the Champlain Canal and through the St. Lawrence Seaway through the Great Lakes, or you can do uh, the Erie Canal west uh, and then grab the Oswego, which is what we did with the Oswego River north through Lake Ontario. Uh, and then up through where we're going now, we're, we're headed through the Trent Severn Waterway, up through Georgian Bay, Lake Huron, and then down Lake Michigan. Uh, and then uh, once we go down Lake Michigan, uh, come October 1st, thereabouts, we will get on to uh, rivers and canals again, uh, Chicago River, Illinois River, uh, Cumberland River, Tennessee Tom Bigby Waterway, and up uh, in Mobile Bay in Alabama. Uh, and then on the ICW, the uh, Intracoastal Waterway, we'll follow that right around Florida and up the East Coast. Uh, and we'll finish our journey in Portland, Maine next June. Heck of a plan. That is, uh, that's quite a path. It is also, um, I'm a blue water man, uh, Dave. I, I call out of sight of land church, you know, and you, <laughs> You are in uh, constricted waters uh, basically everywhere. So interesting. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You guys, uh, uh, locks and docks. You've got to uh, get good locks and docks and anchors now, don't you? That's right. Locks and docks and anchors is pretty much all we know. <laughs> yep. Now, um, uh, we got to, uh, let's, let's uh, back up and get to this too. You're not alone. Tell us about your I'm companion. Not alone. My, my girlfriend Stacy is here with me, uh, and uh, gosh, we we started out uh, about three or four years ago on Tobago Lake. We bought a, a 32-foot carver and put it on Tobago, uh, and we did that for three summers, and, and every year in October, we cried when it came out of the water, uh, and so the, the whole reason we're on the Great Loop is because we got sick and tired of crying in October. We wanted to figure out how we could boat year-round. Uh, so the Great Loop plan was born. <laughs> so it wasn't hard to uh, turn that girl boaty. It says in the Bangor Daily News here that she had, uh, Stacy had initial apprehensions about your Great Loop plan, but they have been dashed, and uh, you would have to describe, uh, or perhaps Stacy, uh, initial apprehensions and dashing. Well, I, you know, initial apprehensions were based on, uh, well, the fear of the unknown more than anything else. What's it going to be like the first time we go out an inlet and end up in blue water, essentially, uh, which we had to do a couple of times already. Uh, she likes seeing the shore. Uh, it's comforting. <laughs> yep. Uh, and, you know, so it, it, it was a lot of that sort of stuff. Uh, and every time we'd cross something off the list and do it for the first time, it became, oh, I can do this now. Uh, and, you know, 
so it's, it's gotten a lot easier, I think, for us since then. <laughs> Stacy learning to be a pretty good line handler. She's getting it. She's getting it. I, I'm, I'm still. Uh, She's uh, learning the ropes. Giving instructions to. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, you don't, you don't fall out of the womb knowing how to handle a line. Oh, it's an art and takes experience. It really does. But once you have the lines down, then there's no fear of locks and docks and, and anchors and such, you know, so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Is your bay liner good for being able to get forward on it to uh, do the oh, yeah. uh, the lines that are on, uh, you know, mid mid uh, cleat lines and the bow line? Oh, yeah. No, yeah. I, there's lots of deck access on this thing. It's, it's great. Uh, I, I wish that it had one more set of cleats on it because what it has is it has a forward cleat, a, a mid cleat, and, and an aft cleat. And I wish it had two sets of mid cleats instead. But, you know, you can't have everything. Where would you put it? Uh, drill bit, uh, you know, a couple bolts and a backing plate. I'm telling you what, ain't that hard to do. Clock. Yeah, <laughs> yeah if, you can, if you can get inside of the boat to do it, uh, the boat does not have a lot of inside access. Well, oh, I've yes. uh, repaired a couple of boat uh, bay liners. As a matter of fact, they are not the um, uh, <laughs> some some of their boat building practices are cheap. Let's put it that way. Um, oh yeah, oh yeah. If I could tell you one thing about your boat, Dave, uh, it would be this: uh, the essential uh, maintenance idea is that it has to shed water like a duck always. Okay, it yep. will be happy if it's always shedding water. If you absorb any water it's going to get ugly and rotten and there are balsa cord uh you know uh, spaces in that boat and again it's not all that heavily built so uh leaks not allowed well, this, ever anywhere and and again uh, you know well this e boat the, the uh 3870s the 3888s i don't believe are balsa cord anywhere i think they use foam core oh that's uh, uh, that's much better yes Yes, it is. Still gets <laughs> wet, but, uh, you know, it, it doesn't stay in the foam. It, it'll, uh, yeah, slosh back and forth. Um, exactly. Yeah, shed water like a duck. <laughs> and, and then after that, uh, Stacy's learning. Yachting is, it's all it's camping, man, but it ain't hard camping now, is it? Oh, it's a lot easier than camping as far as I'm concerned. I mean, we had an air conditioner running all last night. <laughs> and what's that running off of? Uh, well, shore power right now yeah uh this this lock uh this lock wall is one of the few on the trans seven waterway that uh uh they actually had shore power on the lock wall so we're going to stay here a couple of nights and and live with creature comforts for for a couple of days what the heck we we've uh been paying some dues the last few days and, and spent the last couple of nights on the hook so it's nice to pull up to a wall and plug in and again, it is nice to have full services, but I would think the uh, wall uh, might cost a dollar more than the anchor does. Uh, actually, uh, we're paying for the power. We, they, they charged us $9.80 Canadian uh, for our power uh, overnight. Oh, hell yes. Uh, Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And and uh, they were supposed to charge us uh, what was it, 90 cents a foot Canadian. Uh, to stay here, except uh, their computers had been stolen out of out of the uh, <laughs> lockhouse a couple of days ago, and so they have no way to charge money. <laughs> uh, ain't you lucky? But Dave, the idea yeah. is that um, you're in constricted waters, and um, 
you can't just anchor anywhere in the in the Severn Canal there. You can't you can't just toss an anchor in that thing. Um, no, you can't. No, um, and there's some places where you can't. Um, although, again, a marina to marina tour would be kind of cushy, but uh, you know, like a uh, hundred bucks a night or so, more or less, uh, two dollars a foot. Oh yeah. Normal on the U.S. Uh, East Coast, easy, and uh, you know, expenses after that. So, um, do we uh, have an unlimited budget? We do not. Yeah, we are doing this on a shoestring. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> go figure. Yeah. Now you're also yeah, that's why working. We're on a bayliner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. And, and again, you're uh, working your way there by doing what you do best, which is play music. Uh, talk some about that, Dave. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I've been playing music for over 30 years now. Uh, people can find me uh, online at DaveRowMusic.com if you want to check out the music. And actually, there's a, an entire page dedicated to the great loop there as well. Uh, and uh, so far, I haven't gotten a lot of gigs. We, we, we rushed into this thing. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you. The great loop is closed next year. We were going to do it next year. That was our original plan when we were buying the boat. Uh, and uh, it came to our attention that they're going to close the Chicago River for all of 2020. Uh, so we decided to rush it uh, and, and do it this year. So I, I haven't stacked up as many shows as I would like to along the way, but we're in the process of doing that. I have uh, uh, an agent working on it with me, and uh, hopefully I'll, by the time I get to Chicago, I'll be working regularly again. <laughs> Dave, I'm uh, frowning a little bit here. How, how and uh, why will they close the Chicago River? Well, I can say uh, that lock maintenance. They, yeah, they have okay. been putting off lock maintenance. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to the extent that uh, they have to close it in order to fix it. Yeah, I, I heard it was because somebody lost the keys. Yes, probably. <laughs> Again, uh, infrastructure, great American story. Dave, we a uh, couple of a uh, month or two ago, we had our friend Michael Carr on the radio, and Michael is now a correspondent for a. Uh, Merchant uh, Marine Nautical uh, website, professional merchant marine website called G Captain. Just the letter G Captain. Yep. You, you ever heard of it? Oh yeah, I follow that website. Oh, excellent. I, I couldn't give you a better tip. You understand that, uh, especially inland waters, are very uh, impressed with their coverage of, uh, for instance, uh, the inland waterway system has been shut down recently to uh, commercial traffic. Too much freaking water in the rivers from all the rain. Which is oh, yeah. and we've we've seen that when we were on Lake Ontario. Well, we just left Lake Ontario yesterday. When we were on Lake Ontario, the water was so high uh, that it was up over docks and things. We stayed at uh, a marina our first night on on Ontario, and the water was so high there it was up over their fuel dock. Uh, and mind you, they, they shut the fuel dock down, but they were still using uh, the little office that they have there to take people's money for the marina. Uh, and so when I paid for our stay at the marina, the guy said, well, follow me. And he took me out to the fuel dock, and there's eight inches of water going over the threshold of the door into this office. He flipped the door open, and they had pallets in there. So you could stand on the pallets to keep your feet out of the water and so you could pay your bill. <laughs> Good times. We were just speaking of the global warming sea rise and saying uh, you got got 100 years to move your feet back a couple inches, but no, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> no, it comes all of a sudden. Uh, we are doing boat talk this morning. We need to remind people what's going on here every once in a while. Uh, boat talk is a call-in radio show dedicated to uh, 
exploring your naval issues. And we get to it the uh, second Tuesday of every month. I uh, got a call from Alan yesterday, and I was stunned and amazed to find out it was today. I hadn't <laughs> looked at the calendar. Mm. But we're lucky enough to see this article in the uh, Bangor Daily News about a uh, uh, Maine musician embarks on a 6,000-mile boat tour around the uh, eastern U.S. Great Loop. And we have Dave Rowe on the phone this morning. He's in Ontario and uh, sitting on his boat called Stink Pot. And if you'd like to make a connection, you can call in on our other line that's still open um, and make a question for Dave or or the Boat Talk guys. The number to call in is uh, 469-0500 or 1-800-643-6273. Yeah, let's talk about uh, your Stink Pot for a minute, Dave. Uh, you just bought it recently. Yeah, we bought it in November down in North Carolina. Okay. Um, have it all surveyed. Uh, only had one owner, never used hard, uh, you know. Uh, lived in a garage yeah, his whole actually, life, uh, you know. She's, she's had several owners through the years as far as we've been able to ascertain. But uh, the last owner, uh, uh, at least according to him, she's in good shape. Uh, she, she surveyed just below uh, uh, Bristol. And... He had gone through it and done an awful lot of work. Uh, you know, took up the carpet and put down teak and holly, uh, uh, nice quartz countertops in the galley and, and all through the boat. Uh, just just really did an awful lot of work to her, and she's in, in really excellent condition. Main deck, we have a, a nice back deck, back porch, correct? Uh, yeah. Got a main salon, galley, I'm thinking. Uh, yep. he head and uh, uh, berths, uh, maybe a step down or so from there? Uh, yeah, several steps by the time you're there. Yeah. Uh, actually, we, we actually have a guest head, a day head as well, and a shower with tub. Uh, Woof. Which, uh, I know, right? And I, I only have 11 gallons of hot water, so I don't know how the hell I'd ever use it. We, we was going to get to that in a minute. Um, there is a top deck, too. You have a flying bridge and a uh, top steering station as well? Yep. 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 We like driving up top? We love driving up top, and but we do have a, uh, a foul-weather uh, helm as well. So yep. Uh, she's well out there. Nice. Um, what... Uh, one rudder or two, Dave? Two. Two. Uh, one engine or two? She's twin. Twin engine. And what are we? What kind of engines? What kind of propulsion are we talking about? We've got Kino diesels. One hundred and seventy-five uh, horses each. You got a mechanical uh, diesel skills? Uh, working on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A learned experience. Dave, it's one of the great things we like to say on Boat Talk. We got a couple of them. Here, here's one for you before I get to the real one. Um, <laughs> you got to learn from the mistakes of others. You ain't got enough time or lives to make all those mistakes yourself. That's and right. uh, what is the other one? You can't fake experience. It can, only be, it can only be earned. And, uh, you know, yeah. and hopefully you learn well, from I, other I, people and learn it easier. My, my dad always had a great saying. He always said, never make the same mistake three times. Right. No education in the third kick of the mule. Not not much. Let's That's put right. it that way. <laughs> yeah. So I have a question for Dave and Mike, too. You were talking about boat maintenance a little while ago. 
if you had the same boat, say it was a Bayliner, do you think it would be uh, less maintenance to have it uh, go on something like the Great Loop or be uh, in pretty much uh, calm waters for most of his life as opposed to being a blue water boat? I think the blue water, would, uh, my my inclination is, I think that a lot of blue water experience would tend to loosen up a bayliner more quickly than flat water. Well, I don't think I'd want to put my my bayliner through that much blue water uh, myself. Uh, but right now, I think it's really enjoying fresh water. Dave, I've got another little uh, pet thing. I've, uh, like say, got most of 300 boat deliveries in my back pocket and uh, a lot of blue water time. What I've been taught is that you don't always want to be out in the blue water on your delivery because what? When something goes wrong, you're out there by yourself. It's wonderful out yeah. there. As we like to say, less, less it to hit, you know, out there is one thing we like to say as opposed to confined waters. Um, but... Uh, like I say, you've got to uh, be able to take care of yourself if you get in trouble. And if you're in sight of land, you've got a lot better uh, chance of, uh, especially in a motorboat with no sails, uh, you know, ending back up there someday. So we tend to uh, shade it towards the land as much as possible on deliveries just to start with. Um, but one of my big things is uh, the difference between uh, lake waves and, and uh, offshore, a big sea swell. You know, I've been in uh, two big storms, uh, Force 10 Gale with, I don't know how big those seas were, 40 feet, 50, you know, doesn't matter. They were huge. Uh, this side of Bermuda, fluorescent blue, man, they were awesome. And they would sometimes break on the top. I'm a runner. Uh, I believe in running in front of that stuff. And uh, you look at this thing and you go, oh, we are, and the boat goes up, <laughs> the comes. wave goes under. <laughs> The boat goes down and another wave comes and you do that a few times and you go, wow, this is, uh, you know, survivable. And then one breaks and falls on your cockpit, fills it up to the rim. And uh, There's a word for that. Yeah. Uh, Getting pooped. Oh, God. Yeah. I Well, uh, not to put too fine a point on it. We ain't on the air. I peed, but you're uh, <laughs> saying to yourself, oh, it's warm. I said to myself, so... But here, here's my point, Dave. Um, I grew up on Sebago Lake and, uh, you know, Rangeley, uh, oh, man, uh, Chisungkuk, uh, you know, name all the Moosehead, name all the big main lakes, and have had my uh, uh, wits scared out of me on uh, bad windy days on main lakes, uh, any lake, and uh, the Bredore Lakes, some of the worst uh, oh, yeah. seas I've ever been in, inland uh, Cape Breton there. The lake well, wave I mean, is different. It's a... It's, uh, shorter, steeper, and closer together than a ocean swell. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. We experienced that actually. Uh, uh, we were in uh, what, what was that inlet? Uh, Albemarle Sound uh, down in the Carolinas. Yeah, it can get real snotty there. Uh, yeah. That was that was the, the most scared I've ever been on a boat was in that sound, uh, and we we woke up. Uh, at anchor in the sound, uh, and it was calm as hell, uh, and we were in a dense fog. And I said to Stacy, I said, we're going to sit here. I'd been watching the forecast. I knew some winds were going to come up. So we're going to sit here until we can start to see, and then we're going to haul up and go because we had about, oh, 12 miles we had to make it across that sound. And 
uh, as soon as the fog cleared, the wind came up. It just happened together. And all of a sudden, we were in probably four-foot seas. But, I mean, the waves were maybe two feet apart at most. <laughs> Boat doesn't <laughs> know which way to tough. buck. Yeah, and, I mean, we were we were in only 15 feet of water. That sound is ooh, shallow. Oh, oh, yeah. Uh, so it was just doubling up on itself, and we were just up one side, uh, you know, up one wave and down the other, and getting crashed all over. The things were falling, uh, and I, I just looked at her and said, "We're not going to make it across this thing," and we hadn't gone far anyway. So I, I turned it into a following sea as quick as I could, and we back to a marina and, and waited it out. Yeah, but that was scary. I, that's the most scary that I've, I've been on the boat. And, the, uh, of course, you know that the water is not 15 feet deep at the bottom of the of the least trough there, not 15 feet deep at all. And, again, exactly. that's that's part of the danger of the thing. Yeah, I, I uh, like I say, scared to death of uh, lakes and, and uh, fresh water, basically, for the uh, nasty waves that they get. I've learned, uh, basically, I can take about anything offshore. So uh, it can be hard on the boat. So, uh, yeah, uh, windbound days there sometimes. Uh, uh, I'm a little jealous oh, of you. A little jealous of you too. We had a, a couple of years ago for two seasons in a row a um, Grand Banks uh, 42, I think it was. It was in Chicago. Needed to come to Maine that we were going to fetch for two years and never did. The people who did it had all kinds of trouble. We found out. So, um, mm. but I have I have been. Let's go back to New York City. Um, I have been up the Hudson as far as Albany. Uh, you ever think of Henry Hudson when you're going up the big ditch there and, and thinking what it looked like in the old days and, uh, you know? I definitely did. Oh, yeah. It's quite a river. It's beautiful. I, I, I kept saying to Stacey, I said, I just can't imagine what he must have been thinking coming up this river. And, you know, as navigable and deep as it is all that way. Yep. Imagine the old days, Dave, when you could uh, survey anything you liked and claim it. How would you know to take the best spot, you know? Um, exactly. Now, Champlain was one of my heroes, uh, contemporary uh, of Hudson, more or less. And, and Champlain knew that everywhere you go, you need local knowledge. Local knowledge yep. is huge. And uh, so he courted the natives and tried to make friends with them and, and uh, find out what they knew about where they were living because local knowledge you have the same issue. Uh, you getting to meet a bunch of people at the same time? You're on your oh, own yeah. boat? We're meeting a lot of people, but most of them are also loopers. Uh, it, it, it's funny. There's a, we, we're using Navionics to, you know, as our chart plotter instead of the, I mean, we have Garmin's on the board here, but I'd much rather work with Navionics. And a lot of times it says, you know, local knowledge only. You know, don't go here unless you know something about it. But I got to tell you, uh, if you plot a course on that thing and just follow the line that it gives you, you will stay out of trouble by and large. It's uh, a great. I, I, yeah, it's a I great time I to be a mariner. I, I watched that happen when we were in, on uh, the ICW in New Jersey. We had to run on the inside because the winds were blowing too hard, uh, and we saw locals high and dry aground uh, during a lunar low tide. And we just followed the line and went right by them and waved. Uh, it's just an amazing product. Again, it's a uh, magic time to be a mariner. You basically always know where you are, which is everything, you know. Oh, yeah. We're lucky. Uh, we didn't know we needed to grow up to be computer programmers, but here we are. 
Uh, one thing I liked from the uh, Bangor Daily News article, uh, Maine musician arcs em embarks on 6,000-mile boat tour, Nick Schroeder, says this uh, Great Loop is a nautical voyage with some cachet. Roughly 150 boats have completed the voyage over the past two years. Um, that figure makes it a journey rarer accomplished than something Mount Everest. Mm. You know? Yep. I guess the idea is more rare. It um, Definitely safer. Hard to argue, which would require more expensive hardware. <laughs> That's true. You know? But again, uh, you've uh, made a, um, you're taking a life adventure and uh, uh, making a, a life at the same time, hopefully for the next two years. Uh, you know, uh, great yeah. idea, man. So, Dave, you said you, you, you meet other loopers on the way around. Um, you can go both ways, right, uh, clockwise or counterclockwise? You can, but it's ill-advised to go clockwise just because then you're fighting river currents all the way up through the, the midsection of the country. Ah. And again, rivers are has a <laughs> rivers and canals are very interesting places to uh, go, and current is what we're always thinking about. Um, uh, what's the best speed of your bay liner? Oh, the best speed? Oh, gosh. Well, I she hunkers down and does eight, seven, eight knots real nice, uh, but she will get up and do 16 knots if I push it. Okay. Your fuel consumption, you realize, about doubled, uh, uh, probably more than doubled from 8 to 16 or so. Um, oh, yeah. Well, I, I can tell you that. <laughs> so, you, so you chug along pretty much at uh, uh, seven, eight knots is normal cruising speed. That's our normal cruising yeah. speed, and that, that gets us in the three and a half to four gallons per hour range, and... If, if we're going flat out, which we did on Chesapeake Bay because uh, we had to beat some weather, uh, we're burning about 16 gallons an hour. Yeah, so. like say, way more than double. Um, how much tankage we got for those uh, four gallons an hour we're burning? How much uh, fuel can uh, we have aboard? We we hold 300 gallons full. Okay, 300 divided by four, that ain't too bad. Uh uh, but again, limitations uh, on, on your uh, camping gig there are fuel uh, tankage, water tankage, and last week, uh, last month on Boat Talk, we uh, talked about where the poop goes afterwards. Mm -hmm. You know, waste issues on boats, and you can't just. And pump. that's the one that catches up with you fastest, we found. Oh, you can't pump overboard uh, offshore now, strictly speaking, and you can never pump overboard in inland waters. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, I, I, it, it's funny how uh, how fast it, it catches up. I, I think we carry thirty to forty gallon. I, I think it's a thirty gallon holding tank, uh, and we're good if, if we're careful. And, and every chance we get to use facilities on land, you know, at the locks and whatnot, we can usually get about a week out of our holding tank. Okay, uh, but then we have to pull in somewhere and pump it out. Yeah. Uh, and that's long before we run out of water and long before we run out of fuel. Yeah, limiting factor. Uh, Dave, I like this uh, new compost and toilet called an Airhead, made in Westbrook, Maine. Um, really? It is a diverting toilet, diverts the uh, uh, liquid and the solids. Um, you've got to uh, dump the liquids. The solids get mixed by peat, and pretty soon you can grow petunias, you know. And the, the whole thing is they don't smell. They don't smell at all basically while your wow. holding tank always does 
Um, you know, if oh, yeah. you are storing 40 gallons of uh, waste on the boat, and a upgrade would be if you could store 100, uh, you know, it, it, you can smell it. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. Airhead, check them out yeah. sometime. Um, and, again, limiting factors for your camping ain't a bad thing. Yep. I mean, where we have two heads, I could replace one of them with one of those, and, you know, that would be the brown head. <laughs> good one. Yep. Yeah, you'll fit in good around Alan and the and the punny end of boat talk here. Um, and we are doing boat talk this morning. We got to remind everybody once in a while, even though we're uh, not broadcasting uh, over the uh, transmitter on Blue Hill Mountain today, we are online and hope that the uh, transmitter comes back uh, as soon as they are working on it. Uh, certainly by tomorrow is what they're promising. And we have Dave Rowe from Stinkpot on the phone. He's in the Severn. River Canal in Ontario, going around the east coast of America. Um, Dave, uh, tell us more about music. Um, you uh, doing some of this online as well? Yeah, uh, I've I've done a couple of online concerts uh, and posted those. Uh, well, I, you know, I should tell people about our Facebook page. Uh, Stinkpot has its own Facebook page. It's called Our Adventures on Stinkpot. If people just search for Stinkpot on Facebook, they can find us and like us uh, and follow what we're doing. We're, we've been putting up uh, these time-lapse videos of certain sections of, of the trip uh, and had a lot of fun, and I usually back that with some of my music because, uh, you know, otherwise it'd be a, a quiet video. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it, it's been a, a lot of fun getting all that stuff out there. Are you webby by nature? Uh, you know, you use the, uh, do all that social stuff yeah, to start with? Yeah. Because that's we your like job, it. man. Oh, yeah. No, we, we we have to be able to promote this stuff or it just happens in a vacuum. Like, if it wasn't for that, uh, you guys probably wouldn't have found me. So. Like, say, magic nowadays. And, again, uh, you know, you can pump that as hard as you want. And you never know uh, who's listening to the radio, how they hear what and the Sort of the same thing on the computer, too. So, um, exactly. Yeah, self uh, uh, ruthless self-promotion. Uh, yeah. Bit of a trick, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But I'm, like I said, I, it's looking like I'm going to be busy uh, with gigs once I get to Chicago or so. And uh, I know this winter in Florida, I'm going to be standing on my head with, with stuff to do. So. I'm I'm taking it as it comes. I'm enjoying the time off right now, and uh, hopefully I don't lose my guitar calluses in the meantime. But uh, I'm having a lot of fun, you know, pushing this boat around. Yeah. Well, uh, again, you get uh, set somewhere. You're gonna have to make some events, you know, and and uh, and we love to keep you uh, uh, keep track of you on boat talk here. What a lovely trip and uh, yeah, uh, adventure. How's, how's your guitar taking uh, being on the water? Well, I uh, I actually have a, a guitar that I bought specifically for the boat that's made mostly of plywood, so it's surviving about as well as the boat. Um, I, I I left the good guitars back in Maine. They're locked in a, a basement room where they will get steady humidity for the next year and hopefully look about the same when they come out of the case uh, in a year as they do right now. Um, but this plywood guitar is faring very well. <laughs> good. Let's talk about Stacy for a minute and her uh, some of her uh, skills, hopes, and ambitions between between uh, learning to be the less, best line handler on uh, Stinkpot. Anyway, uh, 
Stacy a musical at all? She is a good singer. Yep, that's what we we're hoping. Yep. And uh, uh, how is she enjoying the rest of the trip? What's uh, uh, you know, what's Stacy's favorite part of this gig? I I think her favorite part is when we pull pull up to the dock and throw the lines on it, make them fast, and and then she can let her hair down and relax. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> I, she, uh, she really enjoys, well, I mean, right now, where we're pulled up, we have shore power, all the creature comforts. I, I don't think she could be happier. Uh, the the adventure part is, is my part more than anything else. <laughs> and it is pretty cool that the view out the galley window keeps changing, you know, and, and uh, so do the oh, people. Yeah. That, that's the adventure right there. And, again, if you don't uh, reach out to people, you ain't doing it right. And uh, you know, Are you traveling with an animal? No, no, we wouldn't want to do that to a to an animal. Uh, yeah, so I, this lifestyle's crazy enough without that. Hmm. Well, there are um, some animals that take to the water fairly well. You see a, a fairly a few people uh, around here in the summertime who have their animals on board. I'm sure it's not for a, a six thousand mile trip, but. I uh, spent the weekend doing a cat hair purge. I don't even recommend a boat cat for that reason, honestly. Uh, you yeah, know. I, I, I feel the same way. I, I, I mean, I see a lot of people doing the loop, and they've got geriatric dogs with them that you know need to get off yeah. uh, every couple of hours. And I just, I, I, well, I said to them, I said, how do you do it? And they say, well, it isn't easy. But, you know, we couldn't see putting her down. We couldn't see leaving her home. You know, people feel about their animals, but you know, I I've always had dogs most of my life. Um, but when I I lost my last one a few years ago, I I decided that uh, my life was crazy enough uh, without bringing another <laughs> another dog along with. Yeah, so, I used to argue the old. When I slow down. I used to argue the uh, old girlfriend about bringing her favorite uh, male Rottweiler, who I called unpredictable ballast. You know, and. Uh, <laughs> Again, it was all about him all the time instead of uh, us in the boat. So my thing was uh, dogs don't belong on boats, dogs don't belong on boats. We pulled into Buckle Harbor uh, between Swans Island and Buckle Island, uh, just east, a uh, little west of MDI here, uh, years back. In the fog, in the night, there was another boat in there. It's uh, not a big place. We went right up to the top, a little boat, and threw the anchor, and... Uh, as we went in there, the Rottweiler um, uh, came out and stood on the bow, and Rawr! and the light of the other boat comes on, and it was oh, that's why we don't have dogs on the boat, dear. Okay, wake up in the morning, stick my head out the hatch, look at the boat in front of us. I went, oh no, what? Uh, nothing, dear. And they have a swim platform on the back of their power boat, and on it is the biggest German Shepherd you've ever seen having a big poop. He's doing his own business all by himself. And she says, see, people take big dogs on boats. We need a platform. <laughs> oh, good Lord. <laughs> oh, and what do you do with that? You have to put it in your head. Uh, again, it ain't yeah, supposed yeah. to be in Buckle Harbor. You know, that was a long time ago in Buckle Harbor when apparently it could flush itself. So, you know, we just don't do that anymore. But, yeah, uh, pets on boats. Hey, Dave Rowe in the Severn River today. What's your uh, next move, bud? Uh, well, today we're sitting still. 
uh, I think tomorrow we'll we'll uh, get going again. I, I bet we'll do another six, seven, maybe even ten locks tomorrow. Uh, we'll, we'll wow! Take, uh, we we take it we take it as it comes, and, and we're we're just out here enjoying ourselves, uh, taking in the scenery, taking some pictures, uh, and, and making some uh, time lapse videos of the trip, and uh, hopefully people enjoy what we put up on on the, the old Facebook. You are going uphill towards Chicago. You're going to end up in the northern end of Lake Michigan. Is that right? But are the locks raising you as a regular thing, or or bringing you down? Uh, well, right now they're raising us, uh, and I fully expect that uh, we'll, we'll arrive at a certain point and they'll start bringing us down. Uh, that's what happened on the Erie Canal. Uh, it, it raised us, raised us, raised us, and then the last couple of three or three locks, it brought us down uh, to the level where uh, the uh, uh, Oswego River started. And then the Oswego River dropped us a bunch more uh, to Lake Ontario's level, and Lake Ontario was record high, so go figure. Hey, uh, it's the thing about boating. Uh, you know, uh, water can um, has great power and can carry a big load, including you up a hill and all the stuff you need, and you're a great camper there, and your good friend Stacy, and, uh, you know, we are to the end of Boat Talk here this morning, uh, Dave Rowe. Uh, give your website uh, information connection here, please. D-A-V-E-R-O-W-E-Music.com. And uh, you can also find me all over Facebook. Uh, search for Stinkpot or uh, search for Dave Rowe Music there. And, and uh, like our stuff, please. We'll be linking to it on BoatTalk.org, W-E-R-U.org, and talking to you hopefully in about a month or so. See where you're at. Can't wait to hear from you, Dave. Thank you, Dave. Travel safe. Thanks, Stinkpot. Thanks to Amy Brown down in the engine room. Support for WERU comes from our